There's nothing worse than losing that sense of safety, even in your own home. Welcome back to the swamp, my friends. It's good to see you made it back for another episode. Today I'm going to be sharing some creepy and allegedly true stalker horror stories. As always, if you have a story that you would like to share in a future episode, whether it's a stalker story or something different, be sure to submit it at swampdweller.net or the email you can find in the description down below. I'd love to share your story with everyone here in the swamp. It's stories like yours that truly help keep this show going on a daily basis. Now, without further hesitation, let's get into these creepy and allegedly true stalker horror stories that'll keep you up tonight. I met Sean when we were in the same grade. We were in 6th grade in 2001. We hardly spoke and he was mildly bullied due to his learning disability and awkwardness. He left the school the next year and I never really thought anything of him. In 2005, I received an MSN request and recognized his name and accepted it. He asked me on a date claiming he had always had a crush on me. I was not too alarmed and even flattered that he had remembered me over the years. The date was terrible and uncomfortable. He would constantly try to grab and kiss me, resulting in me telling him I just wasn't interested in dating him, and his behavior was inappropriate. He apologized, and we became somewhat of friends, but I kept him at a semi-safe distance. For years, he would ask me out and constantly try to grope me whenever I was around him, which was pretty rare at this point. After I finally cut him off, he began showing up at my work and following me. Then... The blackmail started. Sean would claim I owed him money for things that didn't exist and demanded instead of money, I sent him nudes. At this point, I was in a serious relationship with my now wife. I blocked him on everything after this, and while demanding nudes, he also claimed he wanted to move in with my wife and I and donate his sperm to us. A few months or so later, he had been completely radio silent for some time. I had a pretty wicked operation that left me bedridden for months. As they inserted rods into my legs, thus, I was unable to walk for about six weeks. One night, shortly after my surgery, my best friend was over at my house. She was supposed to go home, but instead ended up staying the night, as I was home alone and she wanted to make sure I was okay. At around midnight, my front door, which was locked, opened and Sean starts to walk into my basement where I was recovering. He was in absolute shock when he saw my friend sitting there. What in the hell are you doing here? My friend got up and started to yell at him and he ran out of the house like a bat out of hell. I've never heard from him again, on anything. After he left, my friend turned to me and said, What if I wasn't here, and I don't even want to know? Hey Swamp folks, sorry to interrupt these stories, but today's episode was sponsored by Gemstone Legends. Swamp folk, it's worth mentioning that while winding down to these scary stories in the evening, that you might need something to do. And what better way to spend that wind down time than with me, playing Gemstone Legends. Now I'll be completely honest, I only recently found this game, and I've been playing it every night before I go to bed, and I'm addicted. Gemstone Legends is easy to pick up, has a great tutorial, and is an incredibly engaging 
engaging game with a very active community on top of it. This is easily one of the coolest new puzzle RPG games in 2021. For those unaware with the game, in Gemstone Legends you can ascend any hero to 6 stars and make them super powerful. It is very free to play friendly and can still compete in PvP and fight raid bosses not having to upgrade heroes. There are other awesome features like custom made heroes. They're fully hand drawn and they animate the moves and such from scratch. Each hero has a unique skill animation. In this game you won't find lane and boring progression like you do in other games. It has the vibe of those old school RPGs and gives you a choice to fight a battle in any sequence. There's all this and much more on Gemstone Legends. You can find me in game under the name Swamp Dweller, all one word. Go ahead and download the game. This video wouldn't be possible without Gemstone Legends. You can use my links below to download Gemstone Legends yourself to your mobile phone. All you have to do is hit the link in my description or scan the QR code on screen now. After installing, you'll get a super bonus for new players worth $50. Just finish the tutorial and you will automatically get this awesome starter package. It includes Moralia, an amazing healer that will help you through the game and give you a quick and easier start. The potions, gems, and money also let you climb easier and faster. Do not miss on your chance. Download Gemstone Legends to join me and others in the swamp today. Three years ago, I was living with my then-boyfriend in a one-bedroom apartment in a little mountain town. It was a half-basement unit, so the bottom of all of our windows were level with the ground outside. It was also an older apartment, and not all the windows would fully lock. One day, my boyfriend comes home from work while I'm lying on the sofa, and immediately runs up to the window near me and looks out of it frantically. He then goes to look out every other window in the house then walks around the outside looking in the windows. When he comes back in from this confusing exploit, I ask him what the heck is going on. I think I just walked up on a dude looking in the window at you. He took off as I walked up, he tells me. This was naturally very unsettling, but after discussing it and considering the time of day, around 2pm, and the number of people out and about around the complex at the time, we came to the conclusion that it was probably just a curious neighbor or someone passing by, happening to glance in. With that, we forgot about it. If only that was the end of the story. For the next couple of months, odd stuff happened here and there. Someone would knock on the door occasionally. Then, when I went to answer the door, no one was ever there. I'd find things in my apartment that I was not familiar with, or things like clothing items would vanish. I didn't really think much about it, until one night. My boyfriend and I were arguing. Around one or two in the morning, we were being a little bit loud about it. We were standing in the kitchen face to face. His back was to an open window with the blinds up halfway, and I was facing it. Amidst our arguing, I glanced behind him at the window, thinking I saw the reflection of my face in it. The window was open. It wasn't my face. There was a man with his face pressed almost against the window screen watching us. Given the fact that we were arguing, and it was late, I thought for a moment that it might have been a concerned neighbor walking up to the window to speak to us. A main walkway for the complex was right on the other side of that window, so I spoke to him. Uh, hello? Can I help you? I asked a little aggressively, thinking a neighbor was intruding on our privacy. He responded by just staring unwavering and cold, directly at me. 
His face did not change expression. He did not blink or move at all. He just looked right at me. I have never been looked at like this before, or since. It's something that's almost impossible to describe. In this instant, I also realized that because of the window being level with the ground, the only way this man's face to be where it was was if he was laying on the ground outside of the apartment, or crouched and contorted to look into the window. My heart absolutely sank. I buried my face in my boyfriend's chest and closed my eyes in fear. My boyfriend up to this point thought I was messing with him. When I buried my face in his chest, only then did he say, Is there really someone at the window? I whispered that there was. He felt my fear and took a moment before he turned around. By the time he did, the man was gone though. It was at this point that I started to think about the little odd occurrences that I had been experiencing. I assumed the worst. I filed a police report with his description, and my brother loaded my apartment up with weapons to protect me, or at least inform this peeping Tom that I was armed. After that night, myself, my boyfriend, and my brother were on high alert. There were a couple of times when my brother came over that he saw a sketchy dude hanging around, and even one time he saw him at my window. He tried to follow him discreetly, but the guy took off running as soon as he saw my brother stepping into his direction. The last night I had an experience with this man, I was sitting home alone on my sofa. My boyfriend was at work at a restaurant about two blocks away. He had picked me up from work about an hour earlier. We had sat on the sofa together for a little while when we got home. Then he kissed me and left for work, locking the door behind him. After he left, I continued to sit on the couch. I was scrolling Reddit for a while as well. After about an hour or so of me sitting there in silence, I hear a door creak open. It's a pretty small apartment, so I can see the bedroom and bathroom doors from the couch. All I would have to do is just turn my head a little bit to the left. I assumed it was one of my cats coming out of my bedroom. So you can imagine my shock when I lean over and see the door that's opening is the door to the water heater closet. I look to my right and see both my cats sleeping soundly at the other end of the couch. I look back to the door and it's still creaking open very, very slowly. It opens enough for me to see it. A set of fingers wrapped around the door, easing the door ever so gently to open it as quietly as possible. That was going to be a no for me. I ran my ass barefooted out the door, into the snow, and down the street to my boyfriend's job. I called the cops, and when everyone was back to check out the apartment, of course he was gone. After that, my boyfriend and I packed our stuff and went to stay with my parents, and six months later, we moved a thousand miles away from that town, and that was the end of it. I live a thousand miles away from where all of this happened, so a part of me thinks there's no way this person could have found me. But last week, I heard a knock on my front door of my apartment. I was expecting a package, so I figured it was a delivery driver and didn't really answer. I'd go get the package later when I was ready. Then they knocked again and again. The third one made me feel uneasy, so I waited a good 20 minutes to check the door. When I did, there was no package, no note, nothing. Someone was just knocking. Although it made me uneasy, I didn't really think back to my stressful experience in my last town. A few days later, I went out to get groceries. I have a little patio and I go out there in the mornings to just chill or check on plants. I have a lot of stuff going on in my backyard. 
I've been known to leave it unlocked during the day by accident from time to time, and I never really thought it was a huge deal. Until I came home from the store two days ago, and the deadbolt to my apartment was locked. The deadbolt that can only be locked from the inside of the apartment. I assume somebody robbed me, because I dumbly left the patio unlocked. I called my sister, I called my current new boyfriend, I waited for people to be with me, and I went into my apartment through this lighting glass patio door. Nothing was out of place. Nothing of value was taken. At this point, my heart sank. Nothing was touched. Nothing stolen. Someone was inside my apartment just because they wanted to be inside of my apartment. I filed a police report. We checked for recording devices and cameras. We put up our own cameras all over the place, and we are on high alert. A couple of neighbors that I am friends with have been helping me look for suspicious characters. Today, one of them said that on Sunday night, while I was home, a strange woman who he's never seen around the complex before knocked on her door about 9.45 p.m. and asked if I lived there. She didn't use my name, just described me. My neighbor, knowing the situation with me, just said no and closed the door. I really, truly hope this is a coincidence. But if whoever it was really followed me across multiple state lines, there's no one on this earth that I'm less interested in meeting. My mom owned a truck diner, and when I was little, I would help out by waiting tables. All the drivers that would come through would always call me a little lady, and it made me feel like I was being responsible, and my mom seemed to appreciate it. There was this one driver, though, that really bothered me. I was only 10 or 11 years old at the time, but even at that age, this guy gave me a predator vibe. My mom had always taught me to be careful with strangers and not be overly friendly and I think I usually followed that advice fairly well. But thinking back about this particular driver, I'm not honestly sure if I was too friendly, or what exactly made him be so obsessed with me. Anytime he came in, he would always get really chatty with my mom and with me, asking about our lives, our pets, my favorite toys, anything really. I thought at first he was just a really big talker, maybe a lonely person. A lot of the truckers were. Even at that age, I knew it had to be hard constantly traveling. When he left though, my mom warned me that I really shouldn't talk to him much if he ever came back in. Something about him was off, and even she could sense that. He did come by often to our diner, at least two or three times a month. I remember he said that he worked long hauls in the area, and this was the only place that served good pumpkin pie. Your mama is an amazing cook. Shame your daddy left her, huh? He told me one day. I don't really know if I responded, but I distinctly remember him asking, Don't you sometimes wish you had a new daddy? It freaked me out, and I went to hide in the kitchen until he left. I didn't really tell my mom about it. Honestly, I don't know why. She did ask me, but I just said it was... it was okay. Next time he came in, my mom actually had to go take care of business, and I was alone for like maybe an hour. I really was actually surprised when I saw him but I couldn't just ignore a customer. But I offered him a tray, and I remembered that he apologized for before. I blamed myself for second-guessing because I accepted it, and he asked me where my mom was. Without thinking, I told him that she wasn't there. She left you here alone? He asked in surprise. But you know how sometimes people say things and they sound... pleasant. That's how this guy sounded. He was happy to hear my mom wasn't there. 
He asked when she was coming back. I told him I really didn't know. And that was another red flag, I know. Then he said something out of the blue. Do you like dogs? I was ten. Of course I did. I have a puppy out in my truck. Want to go see? I thank my lucky stars my mom taught me not to be so gullible. I was uneased by the offer and told him that I couldn't leave the diner unattended, especially since my mom was not there. I even suggested that he could show me the dog next time. Oh, it's for my little girl. She's about your age. Next time I come through, she won't be with me. Come on, it'll only take a second. I regret that I didn't say no. I think I honestly was so scared that he would do something if I did. He insisted that the truck was right outside and I follow. But I really didn't really feel safe. I was absolutely scared out of my mind. I saw his big truck and stopped about 10 feet away. You gotta get up in the cab, he told me. I shook my head no. Oh, come on, I have a new toy in there too. You said you like Barbies, right? I was surprised that he remembered. But then, he really surprised me when I saw that he wasn't lying. He reached into his truck and took out this brand new, in-the-box Barbie doll. And I saw the dog too. It was a small boxer, wagging its tail. For a second, I let my guard down and took a few more steps toward him. Somehow, before I reached the truck, my mom appeared out of nowhere. I don't know if she had telepathy or what, but she chewed out the driver and dragged me back inside. What were you thinking? She screamed at me later. After that incident, she refused to let him inside the diner. Honestly, I think that made things worse. He started sending gifts to the diner, addressed to me and only me. And I don't mean ordinary things. I'm talking like clothes, fancy dresses. My mom was at her wit's end for about a month or so. When the stuff came in, she would toss it in the trash immediately. She tried to call her sister to come watch me during the day, but the diner was pretty off the road and my aunt always claimed she was too busy. Put her back in public school, they said. But my mom knew the schools were all too far away, and she liked me close, especially now that I had a stalker. I think sometime later she contacted a state trooper about the trucker and gave the officer a description and let, and let them take all of the gifts that she had chosen to not throw away. Maybe get some fingerprints. I didn't really know if they ever found anything because about two months after that, my mom decided to move out of town. I asked her about it a few years back, and some memory had clicked into my brain about it. She got very quiet. The man was going to take you. I think he probably would have killed you if I had not been there that day. She said with a shudder. She told me that the cops had never found out who he was, despite all the things that he had sent me. And creepiest of all, she told me that he had sent me love letters. She had held on to them, thinking maybe one day the FBI would reach out. But after we moved, I guess the stalker had decided to move on. One letter said some very interesting things. That he wanted to raise me. That I was a beautiful girl and I deserved a good father. It sounded sweet on the surface. Nothing damning. Typed out, of course, so no way to trace it. I'm convinced after reading that letter that this guy was going to kidnap me. And probably a whole lot worse. I'm a 45-year-old male who lives in a small, rural community in Wyoming. I believe there are only about 6,000 people that live in my community. You would never imagine in a small town, such as this one, that anybody would have to worry about having a stalker. Or at least I didn't think so. That was, until much of my horror, I discovered I had one. 
Let me preface this by saying that until I became a published author back in 2013, I was just another friendly face in the crowd, so to speak. Granted, I am well known in my community because I work at the local hospital and have for many years. At the time, I was working as the training coordinator for the front office staff at our medical clinic as well as the hospital. Getting my first book published generated a great deal of press in my hometown and statewide. The fact that I quickly rose to a 5-star rating on Amazon only generated more press and interviews, therefore more attention. Then my second book came out in 2015. All of a sudden, I was the local celebrity. Being somewhat humble, I was appreciative that the publicity helped me sell a lot more books, but I was uncomfortable with all the attention. Sometimes local folks would even come to the hospital just to have me sign their books. This is where my stalker story began. This is where my stalker story began. On this day, I am up in our medical office building, where I am training a new hire, when a rather large biker dude with long, stringy blonde hair and covered in tattoos approached the front counter, where I was standing. I smiled and greeted him with a warm hello, and a how can I help you? I was under the impression he was there to check in for an appointment. He smiled and admitted he did not have an appointment that day, but was wondering if I would autograph the copies of my books that he had with him. Not wanting to be rude, I said that I would be more than happy to, and had him follow me down to the end of the counter, so that we would not be in anybody's way. To be honest, I was a bit surprised he had liked these books because they were definitely not the genre he looked like he'd be interested in. I guess he just did not strike me as the type of guy that would read anything that was gay-themed. Regardless, I thanked him for purchasing the books and signed them for him. He thanked me and left, and I didn't give it more thought than that. Until a few weeks later where he showed up at the hospital where I was again at the front desk doing some training and asked me to sign two more books. He said he had purchased them for a friend. I again thanked him and signed the books. Fast forward a few months and I am filling in as a receptionist for one of our other clinics in a small town about 30 miles away from my hometown. The receptionist scheduled to work had called in sick that day so I agreed to fill in for her. It was shortly after lunch when, guess who walks in, with both books in hand, none other than Mr. Biker. Being at work I remained polite and again signed his book and he was on his way. Feeling truly creeped out and concerned, I spoke with this nurse on duty as well as the provider and expressed my concerns. They dismissed it as nothing other than an obvious fan who has just a little crush on me and nothing more. I figured they would probably be right and went on with my day. The weeks that went by, I noticed this large guy hanging out in front of my house and in the back alley behind it. He always wore a hoodie, and so I could not see who it was. I pointed this out to my husband, who reminded me that the house was up for sale. He probably was just someone who was interested in buying it or something. Then, one day, my mother, who lives right across the alley, called me while I was out of town on a book tour to tell me that some strange guy in a hoodie was casing my house and peering in the windows. I told her it was probably a potential buyer and not to worry too much about it. Fast forward a few months later, I am back at the medical office building in our urgent care training unit. I'm helping with a new hire when I get a call from one of the girls in central scheduling. She tells me she has a guy on the line who keeps calling asking for me, but refuses to identify himself and needs to speak with me desperately. Thinking it was a patient that had an issue of a more sensitive nature, I told her to go ahead and patch him through. 
Introducing myself, I asked him how I could help him. I quickly discovered he was not needing an appointment, nor did he have any medical concerns. He began telling me that he was naked and jerking off. He wanted me to know that he was thinking of me, and he began to tell me all of these sick and twisted things. He said if we were ever alone, that he would do rather unspeakable things. The whole time I was thinking, what the hell is wrong with this guy? I was flipping the hell out at this point, but somehow still managed to keep my voice calm and inform the pervert to never call me again. Otherwise, I would notify the police. Unbeknownst to me, the clinic manager was standing behind me and asked me what was going on. I explained the phone call and what the creep said. The manager was concerned and felt that we needed to notify the police immediately. I met with a few officers and explained what happened. They asked me if I might know this person and at the time I had no clue who it was. The next morning, I received a call from a local detective who asked me if I would stop by his office before work. He said that he had more information on the guy who called me the day before. I agreed to meet him and called the clinic manager to let them know I was going to be a little bit late because of what was going on. Upon reaching his office, I was invited in and the detective got up from his desk and shut the door. He informed me they did a search of the number that the guy called from, and they came up with some rather disturbing information. He went on to explain that after learning who the guy was, the detective had done some digging, including interviewing some folks this guy associates with. What the detective told me next made all the hair on my body stand up on end and sent my heart crashing to the floor. I was informed that this guy had been watching me or stalking me, rather, for over six months. Not only that, but he believes the guy has been in my house multiple times. I was shaking with fear and was finding it hard to breathe. I began to pace the floor of his rather small office. I explained I don't even have a clue who this guy is or what he looks like. That is when the detective turned his computer monitor around and showed me this picture. It was the... it was the biker dude. My blood ran cold, and I felt like I was going to pass out. When I could collect myself, I began to explain how he has been in my yard, the front and the back. He has been sitting in front of my house on the street, casing it. I also told him I've seen him walking up and down the alley between my mother's house and mine. The detective informed me that this guy was a well-known gang and drug dealer from California, and had been living in my hometown dealing drugs for about a year now. He told me I needed to make sure all my doors and windows are always locked and always have somebody with me and have somebody walk me to my vehicle and never go anywhere alone. He said this guy has been accused of threatening to kill a witness in a previous drug offense and that is why he was still on the street, so to speak. Then, much to my surprise and horror, the detective asked me if I would be willing to befriend this guy to help the cops set up a drug sting operation. I was mortified and angry to say the least. I told him I needed time to absorb this all and to get back to him. My manager and the CEO of the hospital met with me when I got back to work that day and I told them everything. An organization-wide email went out with the guy's picture along with an alert asking that the CEO, clinic manager, and myself be notified if the creep was spotted at any of the facilities. We are a small hospital, so to speak, so we have not much security. Two weeks went by, and things seemed to calm down. My husband and I had gone out for an evening and reminded our roommate that if he left the house to be sure all the doors and windows were locked. We had already made him aware of the situation. He had seen the guy sitting in front of our house on multiple occasions, but just shrugged it off. I need to get out for a bit, because I felt like a trapped rat. 
It was a great night out, and for a while, I was able to forget about it all. Upon returning to the house, much of my relief, the door was locked and everything seemed in place. I walked through the house to the back door, and it was also locked. Our roommate was sound asleep in his room. I breathed a sigh of relief and made my way to the bathroom. As I walked into the room, I noticed my husband was reading something, and he was white as a sheet. I asked him what was wrong, and he handed me the sheet of paper, saying that this was under our pillow in our room. Then, he got up and then began looking in our closets and under the bed. He then went through the entire house while I read in horror. This letter said, Hello, sexy. Nice house. I love the smell of your pillow. I hope you don't mind, but I borrowed a few of your sexy things. I'll return them when I've added my own scent to them. Don't bother contacting the police. I know when your mother is home alone. I know your roommate's schedule as well as your husband's. By the way, your roommate is a very sound sleeper. I'll be seeing you soon. I called the police, but they said there was nothing they could do since he was no longer in the house, and I could not prove that it was this guy, as he never signed the note. I was dropping bricks in my pants because I still could not figure out how he had gotten in. Another few weeks go by and I began to realize I am seeing this person everywhere. At the grocery store, the pharmacy, I mean absolutely everywhere I went, he was always there lurking in the distance. It had gotten to the point that I was now on medications to help me sleep and antidepressants because I felt like I was losing my mind. I could not function because the cops kept saying that they could do nothing about it unless he actually harmed me or was caught in my home. Sitting in front of it for hours on end and in the alley is not technically illegal. This went on for over a year. Where I work a professional job, I maintained my bubbly, outward appearance in public, but hid like a timid little mouse behind locked doors at night, too afraid to leave my own home. One night about six months ago, my husband and I awoke to lights flashing and people hollering outside. It sounded like they were right outside on the front lawn. Peeking through the drapes, I discovered they were right outside. They had some guy on the ground ordering him not to move. The fire department was there putting out a large 15-gallon gas can that had been lit on fire and placed on my front step. We then threw on our robes and rushed outside to see what the heck was going on. We met several police officers. They had the biker guy on the ground in handcuffs. One of the officers informed me the neighbors across the street called reporting a suspicious character lurking in my front yard. He appeared to be carrying a rather large gas can. The officer also pointed out that all the tires on my car had been slashed. He went on to explain that bike dude had placed the gas can on my front step and lit it on fire. My heart was pounding so hard in my chest, I thought I was going to literally die of a massive coronary right then and there. I lost it and broke down sobbing. My husband, on the other hand, blew up. He was beyond angry. I was too, but I was too overwhelmed with the fact that if our neighbors had not been up and called the police, we could have been killed. This guy is now behind bars, but was only sentenced to two years on a plea deal. The scariest thing about that is the police nor the state is required to notify me in the event that this creep is released. Thanks for listening to these creepy and allegedly true stalker horror stories. As always, if you have a story that you would like to submit to hear in a future episode, whether it's a stalker story or something else, 
be sure to submit it at swampdweller.net or the email you can find in the description down below. I'd love to share your story with everyone here in the swamp. It's stories like yours that help keep this show going on a daily basis. If you enjoyed these stories, please be sure to hit that like button as it helps me out a ton. The more likes this episode gets, the more YouTube promotes it in the algorithm, and that's incredibly helpful to the swamp. If you're listening to this on iTunes or another podcast platform, please be sure to give this a 5-star rating as it really does help us over there. If you're new to the swamp, why not join us? Hit the subscribe button and turn on notifications to never miss a new episode as I upload them nearly every single day. And all things natural and supernatural. If you're on the go and don't have YouTube Premium, but want to still listen to your favorite Swamp Dweller Scary Stories, you can download them absolutely free from Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher Radio, and just about anywhere else you find your favorite podcast online. If you would like to support the Swamp outside of hitting that like button, subscribing, and turning on notifications, maybe check out the merch store. We've got t-shirts, hoodies, and more. I'd love to see you guys wearing some cool Swamp threads. Be sure to join me on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, and I'll see you guys soon with another creepy video.